Well, good morning. This morning we're going to take a look at the Word of God together. We're going to look at some verses that are found in the book of Philippians. And the verses are, are found in chapter 2. We're going to, to look at uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through to verse 11. And so we're going to read them now. And then after that, we're going to look at, at what they mean. But we, we'll start in verse 1, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. And we'll read through to verse 11, just so we get the, the context of the verses that we're going to look at. So if you have a Bible with you, please do turn with me. If not, then then feel free to, to just listen along. It's Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1. This is what the word of God says. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we end our reading there in verse 11, and our focus for this morning is really on verse 5 through to verse 11. And so in, in recent days, we have been reminded of the ability of people to be united at a time of crisis. We've, we've heard many stories of people doing uh, great things for other people. But we've also been reminded, sadly, about the ability of people to be very selfish. We can think back to the beginning of the lockdown when many people were panic buying. It seemed that, 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 that some people had no thought for anyone but themselves. And it did not matter who else had toilet roll or pasta or anything like that, so long as they had all that they needed and more. It seemed that some people were very selfish and self-centered at that time. Now the Apostle Paul reminds us in, in these verses, he reminds the believers there at Philippi, who, who, who were originally reading this letter, he reminds them that they were to be humble and that they were to put other people before themselves. He says that they are to be like-minded, loving of one accord, of one mind. He tells them that they should do nothing through selfish ambition, but rather in lowliness of mind that they were to esteem others better than themselves and that they were to look out for the interests of others. In other words, we could say that the Christian is to be selfless and they are to put other people before themselves. 
Now after calling the Christians there at Philippi to be humble and to put others before themselves, he uses the greatest argument that he could ever have to convince them as to why they should do it. He says, this is what you must do and this is why you must do it. And in the verses that follow, verse 5 through to 11, he gives the, the greatest motivation that a believer can have for being selfless and loving. He says, simply to put it in a sentence, we should put others before ourselves because this is exactly what Jesus has done for us. And then, as I've already said, in verse 5 through 11, he goes on to explain how Jesus has done this. And so today, as we're in lockdown, we, we are called to do the same. And of course, this, this call to put others before ourselves is very relevant for us in this current situation. While the nation is in lockdown, we as Christians should be helping others. We should be buying food in a way that ensures that other people have enough as well. We should be thinking of those who maybe need help at this time. And when the lockdown ends and the recession probably begins, we should be thinking about how we can help people who are struggling financially, even if that means that we have a little less ourselves. This is, is very relevant for, relevant for us at this time. And we should, we, 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 we can maybe ask, well, why should we do this? Why should we act in this way? And well, we find the answer to that question in these verses. And so look with me there, verses 5 through 11. First, the Apostle Paul refers to the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the incarnation is one of the greatest and most fundamental truths about the gospel. And without the incarnation, we, without it, we, we could never be reconciled to God. In the incarnation, both God and man are reconciled in the person of Jesus Christ. In the incarnation, Jesus did not stop being what he had always been, but he became something that he was not. We see in verse 5 through 7 that firstly, Jesus Christ remained what he had always been, but then we also see that he became something that he was not. In verse 5 through 6, we read this. We read, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. Here we learn that Jesus Christ is and always has been God. He is the son of God, the second person of the Trinity. He is the one who made all things, the creator, one with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God in three persons. Jesus Christ is the second person of the Godhead. John chapter 1 verse 1 puts it like this. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. To put it very simply, Jesus Christ is and always has been God. That's what Paul says there in verse 6. And yet what follows is amazing. Because verse 6 and 7 continue and they say this, Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. 
Now here we learn the amazing truth that although Jesus Christ has always been God, yet he became something that he was never before. Although he was God, he did not consider it a thing to be exploited, but rather he made himself of no reputation by becoming a man. Verse 7 says that he took the form of a bondservant and came in the likeness of men. In other words, Almighty God became a human being. He took upon himself human flesh. Jesus, who is by very nature God, took upon himself human nature. He became a man. Fully God, yet fully man. Notice verse 7 says that he made himself of no reputation. God the Son humbled himself so greatly that he took upon himself a human body. The Creator became part of his creation. John chapter 1 verse 10 says this, it says, He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Although he made the world, he stepped into it himself. Now Paul is saying to the Philippian Christians that this is their example, that they are to be like this, that Jesus Christ is the pattern of their lives and they are to have an attitude like this. The Lord Jesus Christ was not thinking of himself when he left the praises of heaven, when he was surrounded by all the angels who were praising him and adoring him, and yet he he left the the, the praises, of, praises of heaven in order to become one of us in this world that's been marred by sin. When he did this, he was not thinking of himself. The Lord did not do this for his own interests or for his own good, but he did it for ours. Paul told them in verses 3 through 4, as we read at the start, he told them, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. He said, let each of you look out, not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Now here is the reason that they should do it, because this is what Jesus has done for them. And just as Christ was their example, he was the pattern for their lives, so Jesus Christ is our example and we are called to show the same kind of selfless love that he showed by his incarnation. We too must put the needs of others before ourselves, even if that means assuming a position that is below ourselves. We could think, we could think of our current situation and the great work that doctors and nurses are doing at this time. And yet it would, it, it would be hard for us, wouldn't it, for, for us to imagine a doctor taking off his white coat and putting on blue overalls so that he can clean the toilets. This would be hard for us to imagine. We, we would probably consider it great humility for a doctor to allow himself to be thought of as a cleaner. But yet this illustration pales in comparison as to what Jesus Christ has done. God became a man. Jesus Christ has always had a divine nature and here we learn that in his humility for our good he also took upon himself a human nature. Here is our example. This is the attitude that we should have as Christians. And if you're not a Christian then you need to know this that Jesus did this for you. 
He became a man in order to save mankind from sin and from hell. And he calls you to believe in him. And so the love of Christ for others, for other people is, is clearly and powerfully seen in his incarnation. But yet, the selfless love of Christ went even further. In verse 5 through 7, Paul reminded the Philippians of the incarnation. But in verse 8, he goes on to speak about his crucifixion, the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus. Look with me there at verse 8. It says, and being, in found, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Not only did God the Son become a human being, but even more than that, he humbled himself to the point of death. As God, he could not die. He's immortal, but as man, he could. And the Lord Jesus told his disciples that he would willingly lay down his life. He said, I lay down my life for the sheep. And here we learn that he did so in obedience to the Father. God the Father sent God the Son to give his life a ransom for many. Now this is amazing in itself, and this would be enough for anyone who truly grasped this to stand in awe at the selfless love of Christ. But what is even more amazing than his obedience to the point of death was the kind of death that he died. We read that he became obedient to the point of death and then it says even the death of the cross. Even the death of the cross. Now death by crucifixion was a torturous and humiliating kind of death. It was so awful that Rome, the Roman Empire, did not crucify Roman citizens. If you were a citizen of Rome, they would not crucify you. That's how terrible it was. And it was reserved for the worst kind of criminals. What happened when a person was crucified? Well, the person was scourged with whips until they were near death. First, they were beaten badly. Then they were nailed to a cross. One nail in one wrist and another nail in the other. They were nailed also through their ankles. After that, they would stand the cross up. And the person would hang there naked until they slowly died of suffocation. The only way that, that they could breathe was, was to push themselves up by their feet so that they could expand their chest. This would have been excruciating. Every breath would have been painful. Eventually they would become so weak that they could no longer lift themselves up and they would suffocate. Now if the soldiers were merciful, they would break their legs sooner so that they would die quicker. This was a terrible way to die. Even describing it makes us cringe. And yet this was the death that the Lord Jesus Christ died. God Almighty became a human being. He humbled himself to death. Even the death of the cross. The reason the Lord Jesus did this was not for his own self-interests, but for us. For people who had sinned against him. He died in their place as a sacrifice for their sin. As the, as, the, as the hymn puts it so well, Bearing shame and scoffing rude, In my place condemned he stood, Sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a saviour. The Apostle Paul is saying to the Philippian church, Here is your example. You are called to have the same attitude as the Lord Jesus 
He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And now it's challenging, isn't it? We think of how loving and how kind the Lord Jesus Christ is, how he put others before himself. The creator put the creatures before himself. He became a man and died at the hands of those he had created in order to save his creation from their rebellion and sin. And as Christians, we are called to demonstrate the same kind of love that Christ demonstrated for us. At this time of lockdown, and even after lockdown, when things may be difficult financially, we are called to put others before ourselves. And here is our example. Now, if you're not a Christian, then the application for you is different. The point for you is different. Before you are called to have Christ as your example, first you must have him as your saviour. You need to recognise that this, that, that, that his incarnation and his crucifixion, that they were for you. It was to save you from your sin. It was to save you as much as anyone else. He died for your sin on the cross and he calls you to turn from your sin in repentance and to believe in him. After his death on the cross, he rose again from the dead three days later. He's alive today and he calls you to trust in him, to put your faith in him, to confess him as your Lord and Saviour for the forgiveness of your sins. Jesus humbled himself, as we've already seen, in his incarnation. He humbled himself in his crucifixion. And next we see the result of this. What was the outcome? Next we see his exaltation. His exaltation. Verse 9 begins with these words. Therefore God also has highly exalted him. The Lord Jesus taught in Luke Chapter 14, verse 11, that whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Now, this is exactly what we see here with the Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father has highly exalted God the Son. What follows is a list of how the Lord Jesus Christ has been exalted. It says, therefore, God has also highly exalted him. He has given him a name that is above every name. That means that he has been given the highest authority. Then it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And then thirdly, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now here we learn that one day everyone will become obedient to the one who became obedient unto death. Here we learn that everyone will be humbled before the one who humbled himself. Everyone will bow the knee before the one who bowed his head as he died on the cross. Every tongue will confess as Lord the one whose tongue said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. One day everyone will worship the one who left the worship of heaven to save people who once refused to worship. Some will do this willingly. That's those who repent and believe now in this life. Christians will do this willingly on that day and gladly. But others will do it reluctantly just before they are separated from God forever in hell. But the truth is every knee will bow before the Lord Jesus Christ and everyone will confess him as Lord. He humbled himself and now he has been highly exalted. This was the example for the Philippians. They were called to humble themselves and to put others before themselves. And yet they could be sure that God would reward them openly. 
Jesus taught that those who humble themselves will be exalted. And as believers, we too have this same comfort. When we humble ourselves and put other people before ourselves, just like Jesus did, then we can be sure that one day God will reward us. Now this shouldn't be our motivation. Our motivation should be love. But just like it, just, but, but, but yet this is, is, is a comfort for us. Our motivation should be love just like it was for the Lord Jesus. His motivation was love. But yet here is our comfort that, 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 that it will not go unnoticed. But those who humble themselves, God will exalt. And yet the application for the unbeliever again is slightly different. The question that must be faced with, with what we've just learnt is, is this. Will you gladly bow the knee before Jesus Christ now? Will you confess him as Lord now and be saved, be forgiven for all the wrong you've done in your life and have eternal life? Will you do that now or will you reject Jesus now? Will you be forced to bow the knee in the future and then after that suffer eternally away from Christ and all his saints? That's the question that must be faced by anyone listening to this who is not a Christian. Will you bow the knee now? And have Jesus as your saviour. Turn from your sin and believe in him. Or will you be forced to do it at the last day. Just before you're thrown into hell. That's a, a very important question that you must face. And so why should the Philippians put others before themselves? Why were they to have selfless love for one another? Well Paul says that they should do this. Because this is what Jesus Christ has done for them. This is what Jesus has done for us. He says the Lord is your example. Just look at his humility. Look at his selfless love. Look at his incarnation. God became a man. Look at his crucifixion. He became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And look at the result. His humiliation resulted in exaltation. Now just as Christ was their example then, so he is ours today. Every Christian is called to be conformed to the image of Christ. We are called to be like him. He was selfless in love, putting the interests of others before his own. And we are called to do the same. During this time of lockdown and in the near future, we will, we will have many opportunities to display this kind of love. And so let us do so by taking Christ as our example. And as I said earlier, if you aren't a Christian, then before Christ can be your example, First, he must be your saviour. This selfless love of Jesus in his incarnation and crucifixion was for you, to save you. Now, do not reject Jesus Christ any longer, but turn away from your sin and believe in him for yourself. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for his selfless love, for all that he has done for us. And Father, for those of us who know him, we pray that you'll help us to be like him, to be conformed to his image, from glory to glory, to become more like him every day. Father, that we will love as he loved and do as he did. Help us, Lord, at this time of lockdown to glorify your name by putting other people before ourselves. And Father, for any who are listening to this who are not Christians, we pray, Father, that they will turn from their sin and believe in Jesus, that they will recognise all that Christ has done for them 
and that they will turn to him, that they will bow the knee now and be saved rather than, than, than be lost forever. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.